Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. You're listening to Rabo and Co. here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Louis Rabo. Ah, yes. Welcome in. Getting you through the week here on ESPN 680 1057. Rabo and Co. It's Cantrell and Co. this week. How about that? Because Louie's on vacation, obviously a much-deserved vacation. Uh, we've had a great week so far. We'll get you through the week. Just a couple of days to go here. Uh, you know, Kentucky losing yesterday against LSU, heartbreaking fashion. Louisville getting punked against Notre Dame uh, last night. So obviously a lot to get into. We got Ben Roberts coming up at ten twenty. Jay Davis coming up at eleven o'clock. But I'm joined in studio today by Jason Entz. You know, Entz texted me yesterday. He's like, "Oh, where's my invitation? I see how it is." Well. The invitation was sent out, and uh, Enz joins me now in studio. As uh, you guys did a great job on the Kentucky Post game show, as always last night. Uh, nothing happened yesterday, so I don't know what we're going to talk about with, as far no as the clue. Kentucky game. Yeah, Man. I mean, I mean, I, I, you were looking for a host here today. I was like, I'm, you know, I'm off moving. We can talk about the UK win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, about that. Yeah. So John Calipari, of course, Mister Swaggy, after they beat Auburn and then took two questions yesterday so you know that that's just that that's the state of mind that calipari's in it's not not so swaggy uh four three seven nine six eighty the ups jobs text line uh so make sure you guys are the co in Cantrell and co so make sure you text us uh give us your thoughts on just about everything you know yesterday we just kind of were all over the place we talked about the ncaa video game of course that was probably our most popular segment actually everybody's kind of talking about Kentucky and Louisville and all that kind of stuff. The reaction we got from the video game conversation was much greater than the reaction about the Kentucky game and the Louisville game. So naturally, well, we can talk about that later. I've got some, uh, I've got some very nerdy stories to tell about about the NCAA football game. Oh yeah. Oh, we're going to get into both that. past and future. There you go. Oh, oh we're going to get into that about. Uh, I think the last segment or so. Like I said, we got Ben Roberts at ten twenty, Jay Davis at eleven. Let's just go ahead and get into it. Kentucky, I wanted yesterday to be a no-headlines game. That's what I said on air yesterday. This needs to be a no-headlines game. There's a lot of headlines after this game because Kentucky gets 25 out of Antonio Reeves. They get 24 out of Rob Dillingham, and yet they lose 75-74 on a uh, putback at the end of the game. This team's up 42-27 at one point in the second half. They're up 9 at half. They're up 15 in the second half. And they managed to blow a game that, frankly, should have been, I don't know if an easy win, because at LSU is a tough place to play, and Kentucky's had their struggles in Baton Rouge over the years. But they're coming off a, a win against Auburn, and they had a very good week last week. They only gave up 122 points combined in two games. And it, this is, I, I don't know if it's the worst loss of the year, but 
Could we say it's the most inexplicable loss of the year, even more so than uh, Wilmington? It's the most irritating loss of the year. And by the way, uh, we've officially been talking as long as John Calipari did last night. <laughs> is that, yeah, it is 10 three, three minutes into the show. Three minutes in. How about that? I guess we're done here. We, yeah, we've got we've got an early show on Monday. We need to get ready for it now. <laughs> what? We'll get four, into, we'll four get o'clock. In, we'll get into that later because I got thoughts on that. Um Thoughts that I can't say on air, but I've already given back yeah, in the bullpen. Yeah, I've heard a few of them. But no, it it's it's the most infuriating loss. You know, the, the loss in, was it, December to UNC Wilmington? Yeah. You didn't have DJ Wagner. It was the first game you'd been without him. You were bringing Aaron Bradshaw back. It's, it's an annoying loss. It's not a good loss. But it's a loss that you can excuse away. It's you early can in the season. It. You've got young guys that are getting integrated. You were coming off the Miami game. You were cocky. Right. This game, and you, we were we were talking about some stuff back in the back, and I've got um, some numbers that I want to go through, both that we pulled from stats and also from our guy Chris Hatfield. He put some stuff together that I want to get into later but because Trey Mitchell being out yeah. is something that we need to talk about at both ends of the floor. But... You're up. You, you last five minutes of the first half. You play terrific defense. You go on a. I think it was a twelve zero run or twelve one. It was twenty six twenty four, and at halftime it was thirty six twenty seven. So 12-1. I was driving. I was driving in. By the way, I guess it was my fault because during the time that I was driving and then getting in here, sixteen zero run. Sixteen zero run. I should have stayed in the car. You, you need to stay in the car. You you come out of halftime immediately, punch him in the mouth again. They call timeout with nineteen eleven to go in the second half you're up 15 yeah i get lsu's gonna make a run they've already done a couple comebacks over the last couple weeks that's fine find a way to react to it yeah uk wouldn't make another shot for six minutes 11 seconds and on a day where jordan wright goes four for 15 we and gandolfo and i talked about this yesterday if you can contain jordan wright you're gonna win the game they contain jordan wright four for 15 13 points but but there's one little problem doesn't matter how well you play defensively. You've got to put the ball in the basket at the other end. Yeah. You go six minutes, 11 seconds without making a shot. You make just three baskets after that timeout over the next nine minutes and seven seconds. And then the entire offense completely disappears in the final 13 minutes. Yep. Because you talked about Rob Dillingham at 23 points. He had 21 of those points in the final 13 minutes. Right. Do you, know many, great. do you know how many points the rest of the team had in the final 13 minutes of the game? Two? Four, Four. points. Ooh. Antonio Reeves had a pair of free throws. That's right. Yep. And Aduthiero had a layup. Yeah. Reed Shepard, where the hell are you at? Seven points the entire game. Three for seven. DJ Wagner, 0 for 5. DJ Wagner was a no-show. DJ Wagner would have been better off just staying on the bench and letting Reeves, for whatever reason, Cal sat him for about six minutes. Over the final, he, or he, he took him out at 15-14, didn't bring him back in for three and a half minutes. The third foul or the third foul issue, he never picked up the fourth foul. No. So sitting him as long as you did hurt the offensive flow. You had, for three and a half minutes, you had Ugana Onyenso and Aaron Bradshaw together on the floor, which gives you nothing offensively. Right. That was a critical stretch of the game after the under-eight timeout where you needed to get rid of that lead. And continue. You would cut that their lead back down. You had gotten it close, but you made no headway during the three and a half minutes they were in. You both scored no. six points. Yeah, it's just everybody's been pointing to the defense, and the defense did not play bad last night. But why Kentucky's offense with the weapons that they've got, 
the NBA talent they've got, the shooters that they've got, has stretches like this where they just completely no-show and they're all standing around looking at Reeves or Rob to create something Yeah, is the reason why I have no faith that this team is getting out of the first weekend. No, everybody's just standing around. I think we need to have a conversation. Their last three games, 75 points, 70 points, 74 points. This is a team that's routinely scoring in the 80s and the 90s all season long. They're in the 70s the last three games. This has not been a prolific offense, and it seems like whenever – Reeves and Dillingham, those are really the two constants. Where Reed Shepard, the last three games, really not a big factor offensively. It's been very disappointing. And you mentioned Onyenso and Bradshaw. To have those two on the floor at the same time is just criminal because you have three offensive weapons. You ha- you're playing five on three at that point. I, I did not understand that at all. you you got to have one of them out there, obviously, for defensive purposes. You cannot have both of them out there. That, that was the biggest coaching blunder, I think, of the game. And the bigger issue with that is at the defensive end, Aaron Bradshaw can't... There were two different points last night where Aaron Bradshaw was guarding the invisible man. Because he's literally just standing in space trying to figure out who he's supposed to guard. But you're putting one of them at the four. Neither one of them is a good perimeter defender. Neither one of them is a good defender in space. Bradshaw can barely defend as it is. Ugana's best spot is staying underneath, guarding the rim. Putting him in a position where he's got to guard a guy on the perimeter, which, by the way, is how they got the late three is taking him out of an area where he's strong and putting him in an area where he can be attacked. Yeah. Bradshaw gave you nothing. He's been giving you nothing. Cal seems to... And, and he played Mike and I were talking plus. about this last yeah. night. It feels like he has to force him into the game because he's made promises to him and to his family. Right. Look, at some point, you've got to decide as a head coach, and we've look, we've already know what his decision is. You've got to decide what matters more to you. Promises you've made to players' parents... Or winning games. Exactly. But we already know because, you know, the biggest night in UK history was, was a draft night. Was draft night, of course, and nobody's ever forgotten that. Uh, Texter Onyenso had the most pedestrian box score for playing 32 minutes, only took three shots, had two points, one block, and three turnovers. Yeah, he was. He had seven rebounds, but I'm going to give him credit. He had a lot of altered shots. Yes, he did. And that was a that's been that was a big reason why LSU had stretches where they didn't score. Right. He didn't get blocks, but he altered a lot of shots that's and right. made a lot of guys uncomfortable. Texter UK one seven footer away from crushing it. They they had three. They have three seven footers. <laughs> I, I like that. Good 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 job there. Um, did Justin Edwards not play enough minutes? Because he had ni- he played 19 minutes, nine points, three for four from the three point line. He actually looked pretty decent for the most part. The, the problem with him is that he doesn't give you enough. Like, mm-hmm. second half, he played 19 minutes. Yeah. The, or for the game, I mean, he 19 played 19 minutes. minutes. Right. He had no rebounds. He should have played more minutes than Wagner. Mike Mike said it last night we were, when we were in here. He said, I would be embarrassed if I had a body like that and a and speed no and size like that. And had no rebounds. Yeah, he should be having five rebounds minimum with that. Without the trying. Body that he has. Yeah, he should be out there every night having, I don't know, on an off night, 10 points and five rebounds if he's not playing well. And even if he's not shooting the ball that well, I guess if you have a day where you're just, I don't know, cold, you're still out there getting five rebounds. You're still out making plays defensively, and it just it just doesn't happen with him. But what in the world happened with DJ Wagner last night? Played 21 minutes and scored as many points as all of us. Listening, talking right now. Didn't do a thing. Defensively, he was lost off the ball. Oh, yeah. That was probably the worst game DJ Wagner's played all season. He had two straight trips in the second half where he turned the ball over and Cal took him out immediately. Yeah. And that was the only time I really even remember him doing anything, was making two turnovers on back-to-back trips. Mm -hmm. 
DJ cannot finish at the rim through contact. Nope. With consistency. He does it once in a while, but he is he is afraid of contact, and teams know it. And, and going back to what you said about UK not scoring points, teams have figured out that the way to beat Kentucky is to not let the game turn into a track meet. Exactly. And they are forcing Kentucky to play in a half court, and you see why. You look at the fact that this team, if you go back and look at games where they've been forced to play in half court, one of two things has happened. Either they've left guys wide open and Kentucky shot them out of the gym. Yeah. Or somebody's taken over. You had Rob last night take over. You've had games where Reeves has had to take over. You've had games where Reed Shepard's had to take over. Yep. But that's a big concern because you watch the teams like UConn. You watch the teams like Alabama. They have guys, yes, that can go off and take over. But at no point are they reliant on it. No point are they sitting there going, well, we need somebody to step up. No, you have multiple guys on your team that are supposed to be lottery picks, first round and draft picks, and you're sitting there trying to figure out amongst yourselves, well, who's going to be the guy to carry us and put us on his shoulders tonight? There is no excuse, and that goes back to Cal. Yeah. That goes back to the fact that when this team is forced to play in a half court, you go back to the days when he had De'Aaron Fox. You go back to the days when he had Jamal Murray. It's always about, well, give the ball to someone and let him, let him take some. There's too the many guys standing around. Like, they're just waiting for Reeves or they're waiting for Dillingham to do something, and the other four guys are just not a part of it. The, I, the only motion involved is to get that player free to get them the ball, and then right. the motion stops. And then it stops. Texter, we Cards fans still have two things over Kentucky fans. We still have the most recent title, and we're about to get a new coach for this modern era versus dealing with a lifetime contract coach stuck on his own ego. Hold on a second. I'm looking at the NCAA record books here. I'm looking for did, the did last Did they win the 2013 title? title? I thought the it last It looks like was to me it was vacant. 1986 is their last national title. Yeah, it looks like to me like it's vacant. Yeah. I don't think anybody won it in 2013. For, for, I'll give him the lifetime contract coach stuck on his own ego. He's not necessarily wrong on that. Uh, but we're about to get a new coach. I don't know if that's the flex you think it is. <laughs> but the, I, I don't know if you can talk after what happened. Yeah, I mean, Mick, let us I be. Mean, Mick, if you want to flex on Mick, getting Mick Cronin, go for Mick it. Mick is the pick. Let us be. We, we we don't have a lot to uh, celebrate right now, and this is this is the top of the moments right now. Did we, you? Did, we, you? Did I watch the game last no, night? No, did you bet last night? Because you said Kentucky had lost seven games, or I think it was seven games going into yesterday, and you had lost money on all of them. I may have put a few shekels down on the spread. What's that now? Seven for eight losses that I've bet on. Thanks. I'm so, sorry, guys. So yeah, you're, I'm not sorry. Actually, what am I? Be, I'm being. You're honest. doing the reverse jinx. You're yeah. betting on them just so they lose. See, I thought about just waiting till tournament time, but I like to build or kill the momentum. <laughs> there you go. Tanner Brudemesta behind the ones and twos, handling business as he has all week here on Rabo and Co. ESPN 680 1057. Yeah, LSU. They put up 75 points, but. We've said it all year. If Kentucky's going to hold teams to 75 points, those are games that they should win. And they didn't do that yesterday. And John Calipari, uh, can we just, do you just want to get into Calipari? You know, being all swaggy on Saturday. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to Ben Roberts' thoughts yes. on you yeah, know, well, somebody who's in the media and, and deals with Cal. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get Ben Roberts at, uh, at 10-20. But, so John Calipari walks in on Saturday after they beat Auburn, and he's bragging about how they played his own. He's bragging about, you know, I may be the worst coach in the world, but lay off the kids and all that kind of stuff. He was feeling himself, and somewhat deservedly so, because they beat a good Auburn team on the road. I'll give him that. That that was a great win for them. He comes in yesterday, takes two questions, and leaves. Come on, Cal. You, you got to face the music. But, but but they've got an early game on Saturday. I've heard they have an early game. So are they playing at 9 a.m.? No. 
What time are they playing? It's early, though. Four o'clock? Oh, oh no. It's early. Oh, no. You know, if you're a senior citizen and you're talking about dinner, then yes, four o'clock's <laughs> early. you got to get to Bob Evans. That's right. <laughs> cracker, which I guess maybe the for, Which barrel. I guess maybe for Cal, it is early. Yeah. He, as, he had to cancel his Cracker Barrel reservation. As our guy Browdown said on Twitter last night, you know, when I was sitting there giving crap, he, was, he reminded me, they lose an hour coming back. I need to have some some empathy for them. Oh, They're going to lose an hour coming yeah, back. Yeah, they are. You're right. What's the exact age to be considered a senior citizen? Is it 65? I think so. Officially, All right, so yeah. yes, but AARP starts hitting you up at 45. 45, so. yeah. So Cal Perry is technically a senior citizen. Oh, he's so, been a senior yeah. citizen for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Bob Evans joke, Ents. Uh, that was good. I mean, four, four o'clock. What are, we, what are you talking about, and Cal? Hold on. I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah, 4 o'clock game today. Oh, wait, it's Saturday. It's Saturday. Oh. Yeah, yeah. not tomorrow. It's not like these kids have to get back and study because they're all going to the NBA. And it's like, not like they're going to the airport and flying coach on a, you know, a regular domestic flight. they got a private jet. Yeah. The oh, private Cal- jet ain't going to no. you know sit there and delay. Calipari is 65. He just turned 65 uh yeah. 10, 12 days ago. So you he is a senior citizen. You don't now. think Dillingham's waking up right now to go to class? Oh, no. oh absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a, that's a student athlete. Student first, athlete second. And and speaking of Swaggy Cal, yeah. the, the whole thing that he did the other night about, you know, oh, don't, no, don't talk about me or don't talk about the players. Come after me, blah, blah, blah. Kyle Tucker taking shots at him last night. I love it. Yeah. Um, trying to pull the yeah Kyle Tucker said this is why if it was me I wouldn't peacock the way Calipari does every time he gets a decent win UK hasn't won more than two in a row since January 9th yeah it's been it's been a while how many do you have to win in a row to win the title I think it's six yeah it is six hmm is that right interesting so if he wins two in a row that gets you to the sweet 16 and that's it if being the operative word there if you win two in a row so so Rob Dillingham uh, this season, Kentucky's now three and four in games where he scores eighteen or more points. Crazy! In the four losses, he scored ninety six points in one hundred four minutes and made fifteen of twenty six threes. So even when he's played well, they're still losing. And the other issue, and, and this is another tweet from Kyle Tucker: UK's lost five games this year by five or fewer points. Yeah, they're six and six in their last twelve. Their only Ken Palm top fifty wins are Mississippi State at home and at Auburn. That's it. So they're. Beating the teams they're supposed to beat, I guess. He's scored in their in Kentucky's four losses, where Dillingham has scored eighteen or more points. He's scored ninety six points in one hundred and four minutes. Yeah, that's. Crazy. But that goes back to what I was talking about. Of they're in those games. Part of the reason why he's going off like that, and part of the reason why they're losing, no. is because everybody else is waiting for him to go win the game for them. And nobody else steps up. Nobody else is fighting to get in position. The plays that the play that they drew up last night, coming out of the timeout, was just a Rob Dillingham ISO, mm-hmm. and he hits a step back too, which Mike and I both in real time thought it was a three, and we were trying to figure out why they didn't go back and review it. Yeah. And then we saw the replay, we're like, oh, we're we're idiots. Yeah. It was, it was, but it's there, and it wasn't even a, a great play design. It was him getting ISO'd on the wing and having to hit a difficult twenty foot step back jumper. That's the best. That's the best they're play you had. Around. Yeah, they're all. They're all standing around just waiting for Dillingham to do his thing, and Antonio Reeves has to do everything. Dillingham has to do everything. It, is it? I guess when they both go off, it's almost like a detriment because everybody else is just doing what we do and they're watching. 
it's just I can't figure this team out. Good coaches, when they have players in that position, they draw up plays that feed off the defense keying on that player. Exactly. Cal cannot do that. Cal can't do that. And he's not been able to do that. He's not been able to coach half-court offense in a very long time, since 2017, I guess, with De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk. And, and, and keep in mind, the tournament game against UCLA, it was literally just, hey, De'Aaron, go take Lonzo Ball to the rim and abuse him for Which the next 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, he didn't. He couldn't do it against North Carolina. In the next game, everybody likes to blame John Higgins, but the fact of the matter is Calipari lost that game because their half-court offense wasn't particularly good, and they gave up a shot, obviously, at the very end with Luke May. But whew, Calipari in half-court games is just... He gets exposed. Everybody looks good in a track meet. He does not look good in half-court games. And they they haven't won more than two in a row since January. I don't know what this team is. I, like I've said all year, their ceiling's as high as anybody. Their floor is they could lose. In the first what round. they are is infuriating. What and, they are is infuriating. And Mike and I That's talked right. about it last night the reason why. Eleven o'clock games, we don't get calls like we did last night. We had full bank of calls for a half hour. Yeah, fans are seeing a team that does not have missing pieces, that has everything Cal wants on his wish list. Yes, and they're seeing a team that we thought and and probably should be a Final Four contender, absolutely peeing away the season. Calipari has no excuses for this team. This is exactly... If you ask John Calipari what his perfect team would look like, it would look like this. Bunch of young guys, a veteran like Antonio Reeves. You've got three seven-footers on your squad that can block shots, or you think can block shots, can defend. You have a, a point guard that can take people to the basket. He has everything he wants, and yet they're 18-8, and eight, and they've still got games coming up with Alabama and Tennessee. On the road at Mississippi State, that's not going to be easy. Arkansas and Vanderbilt, we don't have to talk about those games, or we shouldn't have to talk about those games because those should be easy wins. They're going to lose 10 regular season games unless something dramatically changes. And I thought yesterday they had a chance to go 5-1. and one. That's not going to happen. If they go 4-2, and two, that's not bad. This team's going to be, what, a 6-7 seed? They're going to be basically where they were last year. They were a 6 seed last year. They beat Providence in the opening game and lost to Kansas State. It's looking very similar with a much better squad than what they had last year. You Not wanna, particularly close. You want to hear a interesting offensive number? Our, our friend of the station, Chris Hatfield, um, yeah. was putting together some stats this morning talking about the game. And I asked him for some offensive versus defensive efficiency numbers. With DJ Wagner on the floor, Kentucky's off- offensive efficiency is 115.1. With him off the floor, it's 134.66. Man. Doesn't that say it all? That says it all. Why is he starting? Why is he starting? Yeah. We've said it all year. It's been a talking point for a couple months now. Why is he starting? It's because of where he is in the recruiting rankings. That's basically it. Uh, we got to get to break here. We got Ben Roberts coming up right after the break here. ESPN 680-1057. To Rabot and Co. here on ESPN 680-1057. Now, here's Louis Rabot. Ah, uh, yes, Cantrell and Co. this week, ESPN 680-1057. Tonight we've got Louisville women's basketball on the road at Georgia Tech. That pregame coverage starts at 5:30 over on 93.9 The Ville. I believe uh, Dave School and Chrissy Banta will have a watch party over at Noble Funk Brewery, and that's uh, about game time, about six o'clock. So uh, go out and support them. We'll have Biscuit in studio tomorrow. How about that? So we'll have an opportunity, of course, to talk about that game. We also got Bellarmine basketball coming up tonight at 
uh, 615 against Central Arkansas. So 615 here on ESPN 680, 105.7. Uh, we want to thank Adam and his staff for dropping up Wing Zone Catering to the ESPN Louisville Studios. Did you see this where uh, Buffalo Wild Wings is doing six free wings? I believe it's next Monday because the Super Bowl went to overtime. From two to five, yeah, from two to like five, that. of course. So they they bury. So the it lead. sounds like I'm going to take a late lunch on. Yeah, exactly. So they <laughs> my buried. office is literally it's over off Old Henry, so it's literally like a five minute drive. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> all right, we'll do that Monday. You know who would do a better job promoting free wings? Wing Zone. It's perfect for your next tailgate. Uh, try the new chicken sandwich. It's a very good chicken sandwich, by the way. So you can order online wingzone.com. Uh, it's one of the most popular food items that we get around here on a weekly basis. Uh, we've got Ben Roberts on the line talking about uh, Kentucky last night against LSU. Uh, ben joining us as he does every Thursday. So, Ben, uh, where do you want to start from yesterday? Because we talked about this. It's not the most – it's not the worst loss of the year, but it's probably the most infuriating loss if you're a Kentucky fan. Up 15 in the second half, uh, give up 75 points, and that's a formula that has been successful for the Cats over the course of the season. But – they just didn't execute down the stretch and kind of wasted a great performance by Rob Dillingham. He was basically the only guy doing anything down the stretch. So uh, where do we begin? Yeah, I think for a Kentucky fan, it's probably just frustrating more than anything. Um, you know, yeah, it's not a bad loss at LSU. Uh, you know, I think Ken Bob had Kentucky as like a four-point, three-point favorite. Um, pretty evenly matched when you go on the road like that. A road loss on a resume doesn't really look that bad in conference. Uh, against a team like this, but with all the home losses already on Kentucky's resume um, in the past, uh, you know they're they're adding up. And then you know you're you're coming off the high of the Auburn game. You play really good defense in the Ole Miss and in the Auburn game, which gives you I, I think a lot more hope going into March because obviously this team can score. I think um, you know whenever they get in a situation where they have to. Uh, so you go into this one, and I, I think it looks. You know, I don't want to call it a trap game, but it's kind of a trap game with Alabama coming up at Rupp Arena next. You know, you, you, you handle business in that one, then you go to Alabama, and if you win that, you, you got four in a row with some really good wins in there, and you're right back on track to thinking that you can make a deep run in March. So then if you're up 15, uh, you know, you, you kind of – I think if you're a fan, you kind of turn the page to Saturday yeah. and think, okay, they got this. And then, you know, that final possession, when Rob hits the shot, you think, okay, they got this. Um, and then when the block happens, all right, it's it's over. And then and then that happens. So um, it just kind of you know takes the takes the air out of the in, entire situation. So yeah, I think uh, you know yeah in a vacuum, not a bad loss at all, taken into account with everything else. Um, kind of a worrying sign. Yeah, Antonio Reeves at 25, Rob Dillingham at 23, but it seemed like guys were kind of standing around outside of that. Nobody else was even in double digits. DJ Wagner did not score at all. Maybe his worst uh, game overall of the season, especially on the defensive end of the floor. And Jordan Wright only shot four for 15, so in a vacuum, that should be a winning formula. But a disappointing loss because, as we talked about, they played so well on the road against Auburn, and they really still had a chance at the SEC regular season title. That's essentially out the window now. So they're 18-8, and eight, and I just can't figure this team out. The ceiling, as we know, is good enough for them potentially to get to the Final Four. They could be out the first weekend of, of the tournament as well. So uh, what, what's your read on this team? Is there a read on this team at all? You know, I don't. I think the read is that, that they're inconsistent and they're disjointed. You know, last night kind of reminded me in some ways of that Arkansas game where they just seemed really disjointed. Um, you know, Antonio kind of carried them across the finish line in that one. Uh, LSU's a better team than Arkansas is. Uh, so they, they couldn't get it done. 
And, you know, Antonio was really good in the first half and then on into the second half. Um, and then he, he kind of disappeared offensively. Rob was not good at all in the first half. And then, obviously, unbelievable for the last, you know, 10, 12 minutes of the game, uh, which we've seen from him in the past, too, before. And that kind of just speaks to the overall inconsistency of this team, I think. They can't seem to – and we saw this some last season, too. They can't seem to string together good performances – um, you know, over over a period of time, and even really over the over a period of an entire game, there have been a couple instances. The Auburn game, obviously, being a, a good example uh, of them being able to do it, but they just can't. They don't have that consistency. And if you're a Kentucky team that now looks like it's going to be a five, six, seven seed in in March, you're going to have to beat to get to the Final Four. You're going to have to beat four top forty ish teams, most likely, to do it. And from what we've seen so far, Kentucky can beat anybody in the country on any given night, but can they beat four top 40 teams in a row? Yeah. Um, they, they have not shown that yet. Obviously, DJ Wagner had a terrible game last night. And looking at the metrics on the season, when he's on the floor, the offensive efficiency drops way down. And when Reed Shepard's on the floor, the defensive efficiency goes way up. Obviously, we know Cal's a stickler. We know that he's extremely stubborn. What is it going to take for him to finally bench DJ Wagner and give some of those minutes to other guards? And is that is that ever going to happen? It's no. It's there's no way it happens, barring barring DJ just flat being injured and not being able to play. I don't, I don't think there's any chance that happens. I do think, um, you know, and I'm a fan of the metrics, but I, I do think there's something in DJ Wagner where where. In last night's not a good example because that, that was obviously not his best game. But um, in most situations, there are things he does that do not translate to analytics. And, and Kentucky's coaches, and not just Cal, some of the more analytically driven coaches have have talked about that. That that he does have this presence that um, kind of lifts everybody else up around him. Um, and we've seen, you know, those two games where it looked like they were turning the corner defensively. A lot of that was DJ's pressure on on good good guards and just keeping up that ball pressure forcing them into mistakes uh in in the auburn and Ole miss games um you know last night wasn't was a step back and i know the ankle's not 100 percent, and i know they've talked about how that really affects him offensively because he basically wasn't able to do anything with the basketball for a couple weeks uh and it, it's kind of taken his timing off kind of kind of stagnated his growth there uh, defensively, it didn't seem to hurt him because he could still play with that kind of tenacity that he has, and that's something that nobody's ever going to question with him, I don't think, is his competitiveness and, and, and want to. Um, but, yeah, last night it, it just did not come together. You know, I, I think we've also seen that the reads better with DJ on the floor, I think at least. I'm sure some fans will disagree. Um, and that, that Reed and Rob both have their faults uh, on, on both sides of the floor. Uh, Rob especially um, defensively. So, you know, it's kind of this, you've got these three really talented guards, but, you know, as much as we call Reed a complete player, and he is to a certain extent, he he needs those other guys to, to be playing well around him, I think, to be his best. And we're just, you know, it's just not, 
it's not clicking in a lot of situations. Um, and, and I don't have, you know, maybe you just chuck that up to youth and you got a bunch of 18, 19 year olds and still, still trying to figure it out in their freshman season. Ben now, Roberts joining us now with the, the, the beat writer for the Lexington Herald leader here on ESPN 680-1057 as he does every Thursday. And so you had a question. Go ahead. Yeah, I was, I was just going to ask Ben, cause I know, you know, it's Thursday. We've got, we don't have much time before the early tip off on Saturday at four o'clock. Um, I was curious what his, what his plans were to make sure that he got enough rest and had enough time to get to the game on Saturday for that very early four o'clock tip. Was last night the shortest yeah. press conference Cal's had since he got to UK? Um, I know when he was having the hip issues, and I believe it was. The Randall year, if I'm not mistaken, the 13-14 year, there were times after losses where Kenny Payne came out and did pressers. Um, <laughs> as, as far as Cal actually, oh, you mean the you mean the current U of L head coach? <laughs> yes, that's right. I think as far as uh, as Cal actually showing up and sitting down at a table, three and a half minutes off the top of my head would would have to be the uh, the quickest. And you know, the second quickest might be the. The five—I guess it was six minutes uh, Saturday at Auburn before he uh, he skedaddled. But so there were there were probably a couple in that range. But yeah, three and a half minutes. I don't remember anything touching that. Has has he, he's had contentious moments with the press before? Has it been this bad? It it hasn't been this weird, you know. Um, Saturday's Saturday was—I don't know what Saturday was. It was like it was like I was watching late seventies pro wrestling out of Memphis or something. I don't know, I don't know what, what – I still don't know what that was. Um, and, you know, I don't even – last night it wasn't contentious. It was just – he just seems to be over it. You know, I think he used to like the back and forth of it to a certain extent. Um, and, I, and I know he liked getting out there and kind of putting whatever message he wants because, you know, he's never answered questions. I mean, sometimes he does, but – he goes in most of these press conferences. He goes out there and he has something he wants to talk about, and he'll take this question and spin it to this response that, that he wants to he wants to stand up there and talk about. Um, which sometimes is it's fine, I guess. Uh, but but here lately, I mean, he hasn't done a pregame press conference since Kansas, which was the the second week of the season, uh, the the second Monday of the season. Um, last year, he did not do a pregame press conference after Louisville, which was a New Year's Eve game. Um, so when you don't do that, you don't give people an opportunity to ask you questions that aren't really related to games. Um, and you know, it's just a, it's just a weird situation. And, and, uh, yeah, I I don't, I don't, it really hasn't even, I've, I've definitely seen it more contentious, but I've never seen it this strange. Ben Roberts joining us from the Lexington Herald leader as he does every Thursday here on Rabot and Co ESPN 680 1057. Ben, I just want to get into the uh, the Alabama game on Saturday because Alabama, statistically one of the most, if not the most efficient offense, not only in the SEC, but in all of college basketball. Uh, Gandolfo talked about this a little bit yesterday where he was more concerned about Kentucky being able to get up for LSU as opposed to Alabama and some, some of the big games like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. This this seems to be a, a big game, obviously, but Alabama, one of the most efficient offenses in the country. How does Kentucky plan on stopping them? And, you know, the, the other thing is, 
the last three games, this team scored 75, 70, and 74 points. We used to count on Kentucky scoring at least 80 in just about every game, if not 90 points a game. Are you concerned about this team's offensive efficiency? And uh, how does that translate when they go up against an Alabama team that they're scoring 100 points or 90 points seemingly every game? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think, you know, actually the, the last three games, have, have, if you're a Kentucky fan, I think maybe should give you more hope for the future Yeah. Uh, because the defense, even last night, uh, obviously there were breakdowns, there always will be, but even last night the defense was better than, than it had been previously uh, and certainly was the, the two games before that. Um, and I still think, you know, I still think this team's going to be able to score when they want to. I do think Trey Mitchell is a big, big part of yeah. what makes that offense go. Uh, and obviously when you don't have him, you don't have – I mean, he's, he's just that kind of heady quarterback that you can stick in the high post. You can really stick anywhere, and he's going to be able to be kind of a calming presence um, that, that you can kind of play through. Uh, so, you know, if they if you know if they don't get him back at 100% health, I, I think that spells trouble down the road, obviously. Um, but, no, I, you know, I don't have any great concern about their offense overall. You know, Saturday, we've seen them – um, you know, they scored 91 against Florida, lose. They scored 92 against Tennessee, lose. Uh, they scored 85 against Gonzaga and lost. You can go down the list, the A&M game. Um, I, 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 they need another good defensive performance against Alabama, and that's easier yeah. said than done, obviously. It's number one offense in the country. Uh, they really expose teams um, in, in pick-and-roll situations. They can get those bigs away from the basket. They can do a lot of stuff around Mark Sears. Uh, it's it's going to be a challenge, um, but I this what how this game plays out is is maybe one of the most interesting, if not the most interesting game for me this season because obviously you have two really really good offenses, two defenses that are mediocre, um, bad, you know, not good by high major standards. Uh, and and just how this game is going to flow is uh, is a is a big question, and and um, you know it'll be interesting to see what happens Saturday. You mean future Louisville coach Nate Oates, right? Because he, he's been thrown in that conversation a few times. <laughs> I've lost track of how many coaches U of L is going to have next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so good. I was just going to say so. Onyenso and Bradshaw played a decent amount in the second half yesterday. And so you basically are playing three on five. It was kind of a confusing lineup. Antonio Reeves was out for a decent portion of uh, the second half as well. And they had one field goal, I think it was, in that stretch. They only had they, they had one field goal from Thiero. They had two free throws from Reeves, and they had 21 from Dillingham in the last 13 minutes of the game. Wow. That, yeah, that, that's kind of crazy. So, I mean, Calipari... Did, his lineups have been a little bit confusing this year, so I, I, I don't understand the Onyenso bradshaw pairing. Is it possible at this point that he's just putting out Bradshaw because he had promises to him? or well, what's, what's the deal there? I know he only played eight minutes, but Bradshaw gives you pretty much next to nothing. Onyenso has been their best defensive player uh, over the course of the season, so the, the lineups seem a little bit confusing to me. What say you? Yeah, I think with I think with Aaron, yeah, I don't think it's promises or anything like that. I think it's and it, 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 to a certain extent, it's the same thing with Justin Edwards. Cal thinks, and I think he's right, that for this team to reach its its ceiling or get close to it, get as close to it as you as you can in March, both of those guys, Edwards and Bradshaw, need to be playing, be giving you something. Um, you know, I don't think I don't think you can bank on this team making a run if if Ugano Onyenso has to play you know, 36, 38 minutes a game. 
uh, you know, he's got to he's got to get a breather at some point. And Aaron, you know, is capable. You know, we've seen what he can do in, in some of these games, like the second half against Florida, like the North Carolina game, um, obviously the Penn game against a lesser opponent. But you, you've got to you got to build that foundation of confidence back up for him, um, and 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 keep building it for Justin. And to do that, you know, the only way to do that is to get him out on the court and get him some minutes. Um, so, you know, I just don't – he likes to shorten those rotations. He likes the, the shorter rotation. But, but Ugana is, is uh, you know, he's obviously a great talent. He's obviously been their best big man overall and, and clearly their best defender. But I don't think he can do it alone. Um, and Z is clearly not ready at this point to even kind of get those minutes to see if he's ready, it seems like. So I, I think you just keep sticking Aaron out there and, and hoping it clicks. And then when you're into March, if, you know, if he can give you just 10 quality minutes um, a game for that run, I think that's really all you need at this point from him. But, yeah, right now, that even even that seems seems like a, seems like a lot. So, you know, I, I, I'm guessing that's what he's doing. Uh, you know, he's not – he's trying to win basketball games too. He's, he's trying to hang banners too. He's not – He's not. I mean, playing Aaron Bradshaw eight minutes, I don't think really fulfills any any promises that, that he would have made on the trail. I think at this point, it's about just trying to get yourself in a situation where you can be competitive in March. Kentucky's been held to seventy five or fewer points three straight games. Obviously, teams have figured out that the way to beat this team is to force them to play in the half court and not let them get into a track meet. What do you see Alabama doing? Because that's the exact antithesis of what Alabama's offense is. It's all about tempo. It's all about getting up shots. Do you think they just go in and play their game on Saturday? And if so, does Kentucky, with the defensive issues they've had of leaving shooters open, helping off of shooters, et cetera, are they going to be able to make the defense adjustments necessary? Or does Alabama kind of rein themselves in a little bit and focus more on playing a half-court style? I, From what I've seen of, of uh, Nate Oates over the years, and especially since he's gotten to Alabama, uh, they play to their strengths, and I, I think they have a kind of a, a confidence about them that they can go out and and play their game and beat you. Um, so you know, I don't, I don't, I, I think for them to slow down, I think takes them out of what they do best, and I don't think Nate Oates is the type of coach who's going to want to do that. Um, now he might have some wrinkles here and there that that, that we don't know about that that he might try, but I I, I think he's going to go out and try to score points. And I think he he thinks he can he could probably he can win a win a scoring race with this Kentucky team, and we've seen lesser teams in Alabama do that um, in the past few weeks. So I mean, yeah, they they scored ninety eight, one hundred, one hundred and nine. Um, obviously, the loss at Auburn, and then ninety nine against Mississippi State. And yeah, just go down the list, and, and especially more recently, they're just they're just scoring bunches and bunches. And I think that's going to be what they aim to do. Uh, what, what they aim to do on Saturday, and, and just kind of see what happens. Ben Roberts from the Lexington Herald Leader, uh, and said he wants to ask a non-UK question as we let him go. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna let you go. But Ents has one final question. I, d- I just I just need Ben's prediction for Sunday. For what? Sunday? I mean, come on, Ben. Ben and I bonded. We we went over to London for the. Uh, for the UK-Michigan game a couple years ago and, and had to wait for Cal to let his players out for like half an hour after he told us we were going to get to interview him. And we were sitting there like half sprinting to catch the tube to go watch USA versus Netherlands. But Ben got to go to, to Stanford Bridge and go see, kind of sneak into yeah. the uh, 
the Chelsea tour. Got to get your prediction for Sunday, Chelsea Liverpool. Do they finally get it done? Um, no, I'm not. I'm not predicting Chelsea to, <laughs> to come out on top or even or even tie um, in, in anything this season. You know, we're we're, we're kind of uh, you know flipping the page to to next year, I think, or next season at this point. Or I am at least. Well, this 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 Liverpool hater will be rooting for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate it. I, you know, I, I I might not be watching. I uh, I've, if there's been an excuse to to not watch uh, here in the last several weeks, I've I've usually taken the out. Uh, that's a perfect question to wrap it up. Ben Roberts from the Lexington Herald Leader joining us as he does every Thursday. Always appreciate the time, Ben. We'll talk to you again next week. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Thank you, Ben, and uh, yeah, that. I did not expect that question. Actually, I, I didn't know where you were going with that. But yeah, that's a good one. That, that was a fun. It was a fun day, but it was also infuriating because we're we're all just standing around because it's, it's World Cup and we're like we're in England, so you know it's everybody's hyped and everything. We're like yeah. we're just sitting there in the in this hotel lobby, hanging out with uh, TJ Bosner, and we're just like. Well, we were supposed to interview the players 10 minutes ago. Well, we were supposed to interview them for 20 minutes ago. Oh, Cal, Cal kept him. He talked to him for 45 minutes. Yeah, that's... Uh, you get five minutes with him. Very... Uh, oh, gee, thanks, Cal. <laughs> <laughs> that was after the Michigan game in 14? That was the day before it. Day before... Oh, yeah. I was going to say, like, they won the game to go to the Final Four, and he's still keeping the media waiting, but I guess the day before... No, no. There, yeah, this was, the, this was the uh, the game over in London as part of some weird... Oh, yeah, that's right. Promoting the college basketball in, in England. I'm like, yeah. okay. What's well, an excuse to go, I guess? <laughs> so, not quite how like what they do with the Jacksonville Jaguars, where that basically is their... No. Uh, the England is the home of the Jaguars now. It's their second home team. <laughs> uh, man. Jay Davis coming up a little bit later on. Uh, we'll have Cats talk. We'll also have some Cards talk coming up, and we'll do that next. Listening to Rabo and Co. here on ESPN 680-1057. Now, here's Louis Rabo. Ah, uh, Cantrell and Co. this week, ESPN 680-1057. We thank all the Texers, 437-9680. You are the Co and Rabo and Co. Cantrell and Co., whatever you want to call it. Uh, so make sure you keep on uh, sending those texts in. I've got Jason Entz in studio today. I've got Tanner Brunamesto behind the glass handling the ones and twos, doing a good job as he has all week long. Not necessarily the best day for the local teams. Of course, we've talked a lot about Kentucky and their loss yesterday against LSU. Uh, we got to get in the cards a little bit, don't we? I guess we got to talk about do whatever that to? whatever that was yesterday. Yes, we have to. Yeah, we, we do have to. We we we're are the home, in We're the home of of we, we are the home of the cards. We we are the home of the cards. They'll be playing next week against Duke, so we'll have the Alex oh, White Network boy. pregame coverage. I think next Wednesday. That's the next time they play, so they got a full week uh, in between games. And so Mark Ennis came on the show on Tuesday and said that uh, yesterday should be the final game of the KP era. Oh, you mean yeah. you mean Mark Ennis, the root of all problems of Louisville I sports? Heard, I saw that, yeah. <laughs> wait, <laughs> that was, what? wait, what? Someone so, so, responded to Ennis's tweet that said, all these issues, I look at you, or it was like something like, you're the reason why Louisville is tanking in sports. And I was like, yeah, that's my, that's my first reaction when we lose games is, Mark Ennis is the reason for this. That damn media. I, I thought that was a given. I thought that was known. <laughs> oh. I thought it was known, too. I th- <laughs> Everybody took, loves you, It Mark. just took a Twitter, a Twitter uh, user to uh, only know the, that. If only the media was more supportive, then, you know, KP would be in the NCAA tournament. We'd be competing for national championships. It's all about the media, of course. Uh, so, 
KP yesterday, one of his quotes was, not really worried about my job security. Yet. If you had the buyout he did, would you be worried about your job no, security? I would either? Be, I'd be like, okay, go ahead and pay me. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting paid either way. You yeah, know? Like, like Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> he probably, did you think he cried about getting fired from Texas A&M? He's like, oh, give me my $75 million. It's all It's all good. Like, you're going to give me how much to not work? Yeah. Ed Orgeron, Where do I sign? Remember Ed Orgeron? He's like, I'm out the next door, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Kenny also said yesterday, I hope people acknowledge that this team has gotten better from year one to year two. So, and Nennis said, it's only year two when it suits him. So I, I'm confused. What year is it? Is it year one? Is it year two? It, it just depends on who you well, ask. I mean, I'm still writing 2023 at times, so I don't know what year it is either. But <laughs> Well, no. you're not getting paid $10 million to if I had basketball. It, if I had it to do all over again, and I've said this a million times, I would become a coach either in football or basketball. I would work my way up to get a job like Kenny Payne or Jimbo Fisher and get that big contract. Oh, yeah. And then I would do exactly what Kenny Payne is doing right now and not recruit and not coach and just sound idiotic and beg for you to fire me and give me that that bag so I can walk away and then retire and never work again. It's the dream job. Just get... Be a fired football coach, fired basketball coach. That's all I ever want to do. Notre Dame yesterday, they came into the game 9-16. and 16. They had not won a road game since January 15th. They hadn't even played a road game in double digits over that time. And they shot 12 for 27 from three. They were in the 300s in shooting percentage. This is a team that averaged 61 points per game offensively. They put up 72 yesterday. They won by 22 points. That game was never competitive. From start to finish, Micah Shrewsbury's kid looked like the best guard in the ACC yesterday. He was bombing away from three-point range. Louisville never led at any point in that game. Notre Dame led for 94% of the game. Louisville never led at any point. This has to be it. KP, this has to be it. They have a week before their next game against Duke. Give your players the opportunity to play with the weight off their shoulders. Give the fans an opportunity to express their, I don't know if gratitude is the right word, but celebrate or enjoy i guess the last five games without having to worry about is this going to keep kp on for another year or so it's over it it should have been over after the kentucky game it should be over now i know there's only five games or so left in the season but you got to make an announcement now because this is this is the low arkansas state was a low uh depaul was a low depaul's three and what 23 and they lost by 30 against marquette yesterday and they were 29 point underdogs that you never see in college basketball and yet that team beat louisville earlier in the season it it just it gets worse and worse this team's not winning 10 games this was their most winnable game i thought on the schedule and it was not competitive and then kp how long did it take him to say fight in his oh, post game presser a under a minute under a minute i got the notification that they started the live <laughs> broadcast i clicked onto it and it was like you gotta you guys gotta remember these young people they're fighting and i turned it right off <laughs> right away you gotta play the drinking game man oh god no be, no no i'd be drunk before the end of the press conference see, i have to come into work the next day so i can't play that <laughs> <laughs> I want to be which, which which number is higher? The number of minutes in Cal's press conference or the number of times Kenny Payne said fight last night? I'm going to say the number of times KP said fight because it's. <laughs> o- I think he said it over three times. Uh, texter, Ence, is it still fun to see Louisville struggle or just sad now? Yeah, we kind of talked about this last night. Isn't it just sad? It, look, I'm not going to sit here and say, and, and Struble said this last night in our group text, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm not enjoying it. Yeah. But it is sad. It's... It's fun to see U of L suffer, but it's not fun to, to taunt anybody. Like, what do you say? Yeah. 
Yeah, U of L sucks. Yeah, we know. We know. Well, damn, that wasn't any. They're fun. already they're already <laughs> sad. I mean, you just you don't need to ruin their day further than KP already yeah. does. I mean, so they're KP's twelve and forty six. So of the forty six losses, how many do you want to say are double digit losses? What's your guess? Yes. <laughs> uh, out of how many losses? Forty six. Thirty nine. That's high, actually. It's thirty one. Oh. I'm, which surprised me. I thought it would be closer to 40. It feels like 46. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Well, I, that, it, Is Kenny Payne going to have the worst record winning percentage? By a major unbeaten record. Coach? Unbeaten ever record of a Power 5 coach. I think so. He's almost near the Mendoza line. You know, 200 batting average is the Mendoza line. That's about his winning percentage right now. Now, to be fair, I think I think you've seen signs of progress this year. I think he needs a, th- a third I year or a second year, depending on which year. day you ask him. Lifetime extension, right? Yeah. He needs a lifetime contract. I mean, what, we, what we've seen out of this team, they won four games last year. They've doubled their win total, so they've obviously improved. The players, you can tell the talent's there. And all you got to do is just let the cake bake, and then next year they're going to win 12 games, right? Is that the trajectory we're going? We're going yeah. to win twelve. They're going to win. They're going to fight games. harder. Next they're going to fight harder next year. They're going to win twelve games, and then you know by year five, they might even be a bubble team. Look, I will say though, watching the end of that game, the people that are still there at the end oh, of a man. twenty-two point loss to Notre Dame, kudos to you. Seriously, they you need are, hazard. Pay. You are the hardcore of hardcore fans. Yes, you are. On a Wednesday night. And it wasn't like it was a like cold February Wednesday. It was gorgeous. Yeah. I went. I got out of the studio last night at one in the morning, or twelve thirty in the morning, and I'm walking outside. I'm like, man, it feels good out here. I know. Last still night was a perfect night to go out and, and have fun. Yeah. And instead, you're sitting at the Um Center, and at the end of a t- and not leaving early. No. Not trying to beat the traffic. You know what? Traffic? You don't want to get stuck in the in the parking garage for five minutes. Well, well, the people wanted to see Aiden McCool, and we finally got to see it. The human victory cigar, the oh, defeat cigar. Yeah. I guess that was a good. Yeah. The, 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 the the Zan Payne three that almost went in, and the the audible groan as it rimmed out of like, oh man, we almost cut it under twenty. <laughs> Zan Payne. Oh boy. So, did you see it was like? The first ever matchup in the history of the ACC between two coaches that their sons were playing, like playing on their respective teams. Like, they're the ACC network really dug deep into the graphics last night. I, I give them kudos. The difference for is Shrewsbury's like their best three point shooter. Yeah, and he's a freshman, not a senior that doesn't play. Look, you got to give Notre Dame credit; they've won three games in a row. They have. They're up to five and ten in the conference. Yeah, about that. See, this is uh, year one under Michael. You Shrewsbury. just caught him at the wrong time. He did. I mean that—that's a team that struggles on the road. As Nick Kern would say, that you know they were snake bit. bit. They were snake bit for a few games. Uh, Texter, I wish nobody—I mean nobody—would show up to the next home game. Would be hilarious. <laughs> I'm surprised that hasn't happened already. Kenny Payne would still would still find a way to criticize the fans. Oh, of course. How come they didn't make didn't enough noise? Up? They didn't make enough noise. They, these kids really deserve it. We're, we're fighting, fighting hard. hard. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even listen to the Kenny Payne press conferences. And I know what he said. I never, I never listen to him anymore either. I already know what he's going to say. I, like, watching <laughs> Louisville basketball games and listening to Kenny Payne press conferences. Do you really even need to do that anymore? Because you know exactly how they're going to go. You I know need, how the game's going to go. I need someone, conference. and I'm surprised someone hasn't done this. I need someone to, to use Chat GPT or or an AI bot of some sort. And give U of L's like statistics and ask it to give out what the coach would say after the game. 
and I feel like it would it would be exactly what Kenny says, if not better. I was going to say it's going to be better. <laughs> it's going to be better than what KP would gets, say. Nothing is did worse Notre, than him. Did Notre Dame do something? Do you think they did something that tricked Kenny Payne last night? Uh, Shrewsbury. Uh, did, they throw, did they play the zone? Like yeah, maybe. I, like, I, they played a little bit. Of, I'll, I'll tell you, Shrewsbury. The way he shot from three, I'm sure probably tricked everybody. So, yeah. <laughs> even though that was the whole game plan, that, that was their. They were one of the worst three point shooting teams in the country, and they shot 12 for 27 from three. That's just. Oh yeah, I've I've had three previews for them for covers this year, and literally it was just what's the Notre Dame team total? Okay, take the under. Take the. Under. I made good money for a large portion of the season, literally just blind betting Notre Dame team unders. Yeah, not anymore. Not this. I week. didn't touch that one last. Oh, dang it! I didn't touch the spread <laughs> on that game or the total or anything last night because I'm like, it's Notre Dame, but it's also U of L. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're going to steer clear at this point. Just take the over, regardless of who Louisville's playing. Take that team over because they're going to score. This is just can can they just KP's got it. it it's got to be over. I, why even wait the five games or the yeah? I think it's five games left, including the day of shame in the ACC tournament. Because you got to see, you got to see if he could he could go. Five and zero in that stretch. You got hey, if he goes five and zero, you got to keep him. I, I mean, they're they're probably going to fight next week when they play Duke. Uh, it would be just it'd be like them to you know be competitive against. Duke I mean, you go you go four and one down the stretch and you win a game in the ACC tournament. How can you not bring him back? Seriously, I know that that would be thirteen wins. That that's almost that's more than triple the win total from last I'm year. I'm going to throw up back here, guys. <laughs> there's there's four games. There's four games left. Four games left. Okay. Oh, five. Which, inclu- by the way, five including the ACC. According to Torvik, they're. Um, they're twenty-two point three point dogs to Duke. Twenty-two. Five and a, five point to Syracuse. Eight point seven to Virginia Tech, and four point two to Boston College. Woof, man. <laughs> Future looks bright at U of Future looks very bright. I mean, but let's just be honest. This isn't fun for any of us. We don't want to be doing coaching search talk. We well, don't it's want fun to be, for me. <laughs> it's fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to talk about this team for a living. So I, I want them to be competitive. I want there to be storylines. I want you know a coach that knows what in the world he's doing. I, but I don't think that they're going to get the big-name coach they think they are. I think they're going to get a mid-major coach. And and nothing's wrong with that. Nothing's wrong with Dan Hurley. Dan he, Hurley. How Rhode you, Island yeah. to UConn. They just... They won the national title last year, and they're the best team in the country this year. UofL had their worst offensive efficiency mark of the entire season, 75.5. Man. Effective field goal percentage of 37.5%. Just when you think it can't get any lower, <laughs> they find a way. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Jay Davis uh, coming up at the 11 o'clock hour. Thank everybody for tuning in. Four three seven nine six eighty. Keep those texts coming. We're Bo and Co. Cantrell and Co. Jason Enson Studio. Tanner Brunamesto behind the glass. Handling the ones and twos. We got Jay Davis. We got him next. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling.